My guest today helps elite sales professionals earn over seven figures per year without burning out. He has sold over $50 million in SaaS sales, having closed transformational deals with the world's largest brands from Delta Airlines to Chipotle, which I had for lunch today, to United Healthcare. After decades of hustling and grinding to earn his pay and ultimately having a panic attack in front of a customer, Brandon decided to seek out a new approach to selling. His results skyrocketed to record highs, and now he teaches other people how to do the same. Introducing Brandon Fluardi. Welcome to Winning Streaks. I'm your host, Tanvir Mustafa, and every week I get deep into the stories and strategies of experts, champions, business moguls, and industry leaders to find out how you can win the day and win at life. If you're committed to never settling for the status quo and consistently challenging yourself to new heights, then this is the show for you. In return, I commit to bringing you insightful, practical, and no BS conversations that will help you create your next big win. Brandon, great to have you on the show. Tanvir, great to see you and thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited because as we were just talking about offline, you know, I spent today in back-to-back meetings pretty much all day and I can tell you, um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm pretty tired right now, but I'm trying to, I'm yeah. trying to bring the en- energy but I, I can't wait to discuss, you know, really how to, how to become elite in this role. But first things first, you know, Brandon, you started out in sports, then you went into sales, but you were also DJing at the same time to, <laughs> to make more money, which is a, a crazy amount of hustle to begin with. What did you learn from DJing and playing soccer that you apply to sales today? And do you think that's where all the hustle and, and grinding started out? Yeah, I mean, I was definitely, I had to hustle and grind uh, because I was mediocre um, in really both of those domains. So I didn't really have any discernible skills other than the willingness to work really hard, outwork everybody on the field, or, you know, sort of hustle my way into opportunities to DJ in New York City and and make money so that I could pay my rent. But I, I think looking back on you know that time I spent in Eastern Europe trying to to win a contract with a professional team over there, I think discipline, um, the mindset of a professional athlete. I was exposed to things that I knew professional athletes had access to, like a mindset coach, a strength and conditioning coach, you know, above and beyond what I experienced in college. You know, people who help you prepare. In, in front of the media and, and how to interview and even, you know, managing your finances and, and so, so forth. And so I was exposed to what like real elite professional athletes, how they manage their time, how they manage their energy, how they manage their and integrate their professional life off the field with their personal life. So I was able to take a lot of those learnings early in my adulthood and really apply those to sales. I've always thought to myself, why can't we have those aspects? Because we talk a lot about how salespeople are the, the athletes of the business world. Why can't we apply mindset coach, help folks with mental health and, and, and things like that? And then DJing, um, yeah, you know, I, I did. I mean, I, I worked a, a day job, you know, is where I was like starting to cut my teeth in sales. And New York City is a 20-something, very expensive place to, to live. And so I got into it just for fun. I, a friend of mine wanted to, to just learn how to DJ together. And then once I caught the bug, I'm, I'm sort of an all or nothing kind of guy. I was like, whoa, I, I want to put myself out there, see if I can 
win some gigs and get a residency downtown and all that good stuff. Uh, and what I learned there was how to read a room, uh, honestly. And I've, I've really applied how to increase the energy level, how to deliver a good experience, because you really do have to take people on a journey early in the night. What you're playing has to be sort of strategic to, you know, after people have a few drinks and you want to get some folks on the dance floor and, and how you, you know, have the ebbs and flows um, and then wind things down by 4 a.m. I've taken that experience into how I design experiences, a buying experience. That's really the way I look at my role in strategic sales. I am designing a buying experience. Here's how you design, uh, or excuse me, here's how you buy a digital transformation. Um, and, and in my case, leveraging conversational AI, here's how you can fundamentally operate in a different way. I need to design from that ultimate customer experience, I need to work backwards to design that experience a C-level executive would want to be excited about. And so I've, I've taken that experience of like how I operate as an athlete in my sort of my work and my personal life, integrating those two, and then designing this amazing experience so that people are really excited to engage with me and want to think big when, when we come together. Uh, so those two experiences were honestly like very foundational elements, something that honestly, had I gone to school for like, say an MBA, I don't think I could have been as successful as a seller, um, just learning business tactics versus some of these more human elements that, that put me in very uncomfortable situations that I learned to cope with, to, you know, train myself, honestly, to get comfortable with. We should call you the deal DJ. I think that'd be a really good nickname going forward. We can tag that on your on your LinkedIn profile. Um, you uh, you briefly mentioned you know being an all or nothing kind of guy, yeah. and it definitely seems that you really went all or nothing on sales in sales. Yeah, and that led you to to a breaking point, which was you know the story that you've talked about many times over um, of having a panic attack in front of a customer. What led to that breaking point, and how can other you know sales professionals prevent that? Yeah, that was just one of several sort of alarm bells that, that went off throughout, throughout my career. So I was, you know, when I had that panic attack in front of a customer, um, this was back in my New York City days, and I was just really maybe three years into selling. And it was a large account. It was Arden B for anybody who remembers the women's retail brand. Um, we were managing their background music. And they came into the office and uh, yeah, I had never really experienced anything like that. I was just sweating and, and the like eyes were on me to sort of deliver, you know, insights and, and kind of walk through the plan. And I just completely froze and I just couldn't form words and I thought it was going to pass out. Um, so that was one thing that I sort of had to just like cope through. Obviously, I didn't know like, oh, that was a panic attack. That was an anxiety attack. I thought there was something fundamentally broken with me. And then, you know, later down, down the road in my career, uh, I also had a mini stroke. Um, it was an idiopathic stroke when I was 32. No known cause for it. No hole in the heart. No heavy drug use. The normal reasons why a person, a young person would have was a healthy exercising regularly, healthy diet, vegetarian diet. So the only thing like 
I can really point to is how hard I was just hustling and grinding. I was constantly caffeinating in the morning and then in the afternoon, wearing a lack of sleep, like a badge of honor. I thought, oh, four hours of sleep, you know, that's something that I should be proud about um, because I hear entrepreneurs talking about it. Um, yeah, Elon Musk. Is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is how you get ahead in the world. And so that was also a wake up call because, you know, I was in the hospital. My, my wife was scared to death. And luckily, you know, I had some vision issues for a while, but luckily those subsided. But those symptoms came back a few years later. Um, I didn't learn my lessons. I, I kept sort of operating the same way. It was, I obviously, it was a lot healthier for a, a little while, but then got pulled back into, into the hustle mode. It's, it's funny, like when I get pulled into it, I, I get those vision issues. Like my vision starts getting blurry again. And it's almost like I treat that as like, oh, here's a reminder, Brandon, slow down, right? You're in the game of life. And it's really important to play the game of life. It's, you know, you'd have a seven figure W2, but it's all for naught if like you're, you're wreaking you're havoc on your relationships or you know, you have health issues. It's just not worth it. So the other key like milestone was when the pandemic hit. I wouldn't say I was hustling and grinding like I was back in the day, but I was still on a plane, as you can probably appreciate in enterprise sales at Salesforce. Like, you know what it's like pre-pandemic called PP, you know, being on a plane, hopping across the country, jumping time zones for an hour meeting, hopping on a plane, jumping back. It wreaks havoc on your sleep. It wreaks havoc on your diet, nutrition. You know, when you're diamond medallion member on, on Delta Airlines, you're fed drinks and, and, and all those things. So that can accumulate and, and have, uh, you know, bad effects on your health. And when the pandemic hit, it reminded me of that year in Eastern Europe when I could control my schedule. I could go to bed at the same time. I could wake up at the same time. I could schedule when I ate. I could better manage my energy. And that's actually when I started to really accelerate deals. I was doing well before, but I, I started closing deals faster and got bigger deals done without having to meet with anybody in person. And what I found was what I was starting to do was just track these things. I started tracking my sleep. I started tracking my sleep debt. I started aligning my calendar and protecting my calendar. You know, we were talking offline about protecting against back-to-back -back Zoom calls. I found a sweet spot for myself that I shouldn't have more than four hours of meetings in a day. That was the right balance between meetings and, and getting deals progressing but not too many uh, meetings where I wasn't able to do the deep work that I needed to build a strategic proposal, st build these really interesting presentations, do the proper research on these accounts. So I found like a really good sweet spot for myself was eight hours of real actual work mm -hmm. that might be spread over nine, 10 hours in a day, mm -hmm. taking breaks, doing the deep work, taking um, the, the time to be present in meetings or taking the time to be present in whatever I was working on instead of multitasking, instead of living in my inbox, being distracted when I hear that Slack notification go off or I get a ding on my, my phone. I started revamping those things and 
really the impetus there was reading the book Deep Work by Cal Newport and, and starting to remove these distractions. And I started to design my life, everything from my home office to my computer to my smartphone around, okay, I want to focus on high value activities. I want to feel good about what I do. And then I doubled down on this tracking of my health and I started prioritizing that and my overall mood and satisfaction. And then at that point, you know, it, it started to feel like a fun game. It was like, okay, I'm in the seven figure earners club. How can I stay here and also enjoy what I do? And it all feels like a fun game. Could I just get five tasks on my to-do list every day? Um, can I time block my calendar so it's optimal? I have time. I'm not skipping uh, my workouts anymore. I'm spending time with, with my wife and we're, we're having quality time. Um, so I wasn't like sacrificing all of these things and I was accelerating my results. So I was like, whoa, this is interesting. This is what life is really about. It's about really loving what you do, feeling like I'm doing something important, but also thriving and feeling healthy and satisfied. And like I said, it just started to feel like a fun game. And then I was starting to move pieces around and optimizing around this holistic score because I was tracking it. I call it my thrive score. Like, wow, this is, this is really interesting. When my thrive score is really high, the natural output are, are getting deals done and feeling overall satisfied in life. Mm-hmm. You know, Brandon, this, um, your story and, and how you sort of optimize things resonates with me so closely um, for a couple of reasons. So, you know, a lot of people don't know these stories about me, but I think it's like, it might be the first time I'm talking about this uh, publicly, but um, nice. my first year as an SDR, you know, there was a day where we were having a spiff of whoever could, could make the most connects. And I was, you know, getting close to about 200 connects three to four o'clock. I, my whole body was covered in chills. I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. Like I, I was on the phone with a customer and I couldn't get the words out of my mouth. So, um, you know, went to my manager uh, and, and I just had to sort of zombie myself home um, on the mm-hmm. subway, ended up in the emergency that night. And um, I had to quarantine for two weeks because I was, you know, stuck with this really bad situation. And I do think what I was doing that day was linked to it because it was a buildup of so many things that, that led yeah. to that. And then in my, in my years of BDR, you know, I, I was lucky enough to be BDR of the year that year. But at the same time, you know, I had a situation where I had a panic attack um, on my birthday Ooh. and oh, wow. I had, I essentially almost jumped out of a, of a like moving vehicle on the side of a road. And, you know, was, was, was like in the fetal position and was like hyperventilating. And it was an eye-opening moment. Still hadn't learned my lesson. <laughs> got yeah, into, yeah. Uh, got into AE, wanted to be a really high, high-performing AE, you know, for the first six months did really well, but then got on into the summer and all of a sudden I, I didn't want to work anymore. I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning. I didn't want to work out anymore. Like didn't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. uh, only really in the last eight months, and this is a big reason of, of why I do this podcast now, mm-hmm. um, have I realized the importance of mindfulness, mm-hmm. taking care of your body, you know, taking care of, of your thoughts, taking care of your energy, guarding your time, like every single thing you're talking about resonates so deeply. So thank you, first of yeah. all, for the work that you do. 
sort of talking to myself after that those yeah. first six months as an AE, you know, you've mentioned many times internal motivation versus external motivation. And mm-hmm. I do think that I was externally motivated before wanting to be top of the dash, wanting to be number one mm-hmm. all the time, but you have a different approach. How do you yeah. create that internal emotion, uh, motivation, cultivate that internal motivation? Yeah. Um, through quiet time and reflection, you, you know, you mentioned mindfulness. I think it's really important to build in those moments in your day. And two areas that I found are, are really helpful for me, at least, because I, I have better control over them. So at the start of the day and at the end of the day. So I have morning routine. Obviously, so many people talk about the importance of, of a morning routine and why it's so important to success, but really have doubled down on, I even call it, I given it a different name, a daily start routine, because I look at that as if I start well, usually it's a good indicator of how I'll end the day um, or how it will, will go through um, the, the middle of the day. It's also good practice because if you look at a single work day as the single unit of success across a year, it's, it's also similar to anything with a beginning, middle, and end. That could be a single meeting, a demo. It could be a sales engagement. Really, again, anything, a project. And, and what I, I did like through like experimentation and, and, and just a willingness to, to learn and, and try new things, um, I came up with this framework that I call DFC. And it stands for discipline, flexibility, and curiosity. And I think it really can be applied to, again, I've, I've really used it for a single workday, but it can be applied to anything with, with a, a start, middle, and end. And the way I look at it is I need to be disciplined at the start because um, if I can act almost like a world-class athlete um, who's disciplined, they know how to warm themselves up. You know, the Winter Olympics are going on right now whether it's skiing or bobsled, those athletes know how to warm themselves up, prep, get their body ready, get their emotions ready for intense training or competition. You know, how I can prevent an anxiety attack now is I can be disciplined at the the start, almost have a warm up, like do box breathing, um, which is, you know, very, you know, mindful, deep breathing that I do before every single phone call um, or Zoom meeting. So it's a very easy way. It's a very uh, tactical way to get myself ready. Same thing for getting myself ready for the start of the day. I go through a very prescriptive um, routine that builds in learning. It builds in stuff that I want to work on personally, like write a book, because it's just built into my normal routine. And when I go through that routine, I almost feel unstoppable. And then I naturally want to go right into my most important task. I don't want to go look at email and then be reactive to other people and be on other people's time. It forces me almost to go right into the hardest thing and accomplish that. And if I can get that done, then it's just easy momentum into the, into the, the, the middle parts of whatever it is I'm, I'm working on. So if it's in the middle part of the workday, that's when I want to start to transition into more flexibility. And I always think of it like being say um, a creative artist and maybe like freestyle hip hop artists, 
who's just flowing, right? You give them, hey, rap about this, right? And, and they can come up with amazing rhymes on a dime. Like, that's amazing. Like, how do you, how do, you do that? So it's almost like, how do I get into flow state and allow myself to be in the moment? Well, what I like to do is just focus on whatever it is. If it is a podcast episode, I'm here with you. I'm not looking at hmm, somebody messaging me on LinkedIn. Is, I'm get, am I getting a Slack? Should I be responding? It's like happens so often. Or if I'm working on a presentation or a proposal, I want to like get into flow state. I actually want to enjoy that actual deep work. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the only way to do that is sort of, you know, be, be, be flexible and, and, you know, be in the moment. And then at the end, at the end of that meeting, at the end of a sales engagement, at the end of a workday, I want to look back with curiosity, like a scientist would. And a scientist doesn't look back with emotion. Oh, he responded this way when I presented this idea that would be emotional. And instead I want to look back and, and, and take maybe whatever cues I got from that meeting or whatever happened in that day, remove that emotion, look at things objectively, just look at everything like a data point and then calmly ask myself, well, what could have been better and what did go well and how do I incorporate that next time, whether that's tomorrow or in the next meeting or in the next sales engagement so that I can be better in that situation. And if I kind of live by that framework, success and satisfaction are practically guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the work that you put in, that's like, like, a, like we've talked about, it's like being a professional athlete, like the yeah. amount of discipline around your calendar and what you do you know, I was listening, I'm not sure if you follow basketball, but I was listening to Devin Booker from the Phoenix Suns the other day talk about, you know, how high school university, you know, there wasn't any parties, there wasn't any socializing with friends, like it was just focusing on what they need to do to get the job done. And that includes things like rest, recovery, you know, mindfulness, in, in some cases, etc. And not to say that you shouldn't, shouldn't be social, like, that's not the point right. that I'm trying to make right. here. But, right. you know, there's, there's, there's sacrifices that you've got to make in order to be able to perform at, at that sort of a high level. But I want to get even more granular with sort of the framework, your routines, yeah. your day, how do you, how you sort of manage your meetings throughout the day? Like what, yeah. what does your typical day look like structured from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed? Yeah. So it really does start the, the day before. So DFC sort of leads into another framework that I try to use to guide my, my days, uh, which is prep. So the last thing that I do every single work day, like I have a daily start routine, my warm-up routine, I have a sort of a cool down routine for the evening and it's, it's all built in. I use my headquarters is an app called Sensama. Uh, it's awesome because it just brings in your email and brings in your calendar, whether it's Gmail or Outlook. It brings in like my tasks from Todoist, bring in Trello, you name it, ClickUp, just about anything. It connects everything into a single view and it allows me to understand like, okay, this is what I want to accomplish, right? This is how many meetings, this is all my meetings, my calendar. And so I can orchestrate my day in a way that's like highly visual. And I understand like, hmm, okay, it's going to take eight and a half hours to do, or nine hours to do what I aspirationally want to do. 
maybe I should move this task off my plate. Is it really that important to get it done tomorrow? Um, maybe I can move that down the road. And so now I'm in control. I'm empowered to say, okay, this is the most, this is the highest value activity. And so now like I'm more like a systems operator and it's just like, okay, here's everything that I want to accomplish and I'm bringing everything together. So I plan it all out the night before. And by doing that, I get everything sort of out of my head into this trusted system that then allows me to be present in the evening. So when my wife does want to talk to me, I don't, I'm not buried in my smartphone. Or when you want to talk to your wife. Emails. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and, and whatever, I can you know, work on hobbies and, and other things that make me whole as a human um, versus just a hyper successful SaaS seller. And, and so I go through this routine. It takes me no more than 25 minutes cleaning out my inboxes. And I just feel good. I feel light and nothing heavy is weighing on me. That will naturally allow me to rest. Um, so the, the second part of PrEP, this acronym, um, I do my planning and then I rest. I can get proper sleep. Big, big proponent of you know, observing your sleep, managing your sleep, using wearables to understand what's happening with your sleep trends. And when I rest well, then naturally I can get up. I, I go through my, my daily morning routine and typically the way I, I, I work, I love like the 5am club. I love being a morning person, but I'm not naturally a morning person. So the way I live is everything that is advocated as a part of like the 5am club. My 5am doesn't have to be 5am. My 5am can be 725. That's typically when I get up, um, I use Whoop's sleep coach to sort of guide me, hey, based on the strain whether that's stress or exercise you've put on your body, Whoop guides me to say, hey, you should probably go to bed between this time and wake up between this time. And so it will wake me up when either I want to be in a green recovery, it can be green, yellow, or red, or you wake up when you want to have peak sleep performance, like get 100% of your sleep need or 85% of your sleep need, depending on how I want to feel the next day. So I typically wake up at like 725. I like that too, because there's a little bit of sunlight. And as one of the first things that I do as a part of my daily start routine, which is about 90 minutes, I, I go outside. I live in a temperate climate, at least in the wintertime in Florida. And I can go out in my backyard and get sun on my face and meditate. After that, I, I get into some reading. I read the Daily Stoic. I read a book. I can get through a lot of books very quickly, about 15 minutes every day of just reading. Um, I sit back in my Eames chair, get a little bit of reading, and I go through this like habit stacking of, of doing things, of priming my brain, like I'm warming up, getting it ready. And then I listen to Knowable as I'm grabbing coffee. I'll listen to courses, really bite-sized stuff that just gets me really excited and motivated. And then I do writing. I have a journal. Um, I do some writing. The first thing I write down is what I'm grateful for. Um, that just puts me in, a, again, a stable place, a good mindset. Um, just write random thoughts. And then I already know what my most important task is. Uh, I do uh, one thing uh, for 25 minutes. That is my most important thing um, in my life, not just my sales career, but my life. 
like I said, writing a book, I was able to write my first ebook. Now I'm writing my first real book. I can do that 25 minutes at a time. And then I share something I share on, on social media every day. That's my time. I've already scheduled those posts, but it allows me to go in and, and just engage with the posts to help, you know, feed the algorithm, yes. um, boost, boost that engagement. Um, and then I'm just tinkering around in Sansama, moving a few things around in my schedule. And then I just get after it. Still haven't looked at my inbox yet. I'm not on somebody else's time. I'm already in a place, right, as a senior seller where I can kind of control when I'm going to have my first meeting. I try to have those meetings, you know, late morning at, at, at the very start. I've already sort of blocked off my calendar up until about 11 a.m. And so, yeah, I've, I've kind of use 7.30 to, to 9 a.m. to sort of do that warm-up. I do my most important task, like 10 to 11, then I'll, I'll start to get into meetings. I also believe in like intermittent fasting. I'm trying that. Might not have my first meal until about noon. Try mm-hmm. to eat within an eight-hour window. Um, so I'll, I'll finally eat um, at, at 12. And then I've already done my most important task. Then I kind of come in, do an inbox sweep, respond to emails, get everything sort of done at that point, starting to get into my afternoon dip. That's when I'm, you know, cleaning up CRM email, uh, maybe have a, a couple more meetings in the afternoon. Then as I'm coming out of the afternoon dip, I start to rebound. If I haven't worked out, um, you know, I might do a, a workout in the afternoon dip. That also is a good energy booster versus having a cup of a second cup of coffee, mm-hmm. uh, which will linger in my, my body for 10 hours. I'll prefer to like do a workout and then I'm feeling good. And then around say four o'clock, I start to rebound with my energy. And then that's when I go back to like strategic work, building a proposal, research on a client presentation, whatever it is, kind of quiet time again in, into the evening. And then, you know, I'll shut down um, between say around seven o'clock for me. And then, you know, it's, it's sort of relaxation, dinner time. Um, I've done my daily review routine and then I'm, I'm just sort of just chilling out in, in the evening and then, um, you know, winding down, getting myself ready for bed, you know, and you know, usually between 1030 and, and 1130, um, that's ideal time uh, that, to, to be winding down and getting ready for bed. That is awesome. Thanks for sharing. Uh, I think a lot of that stuff is, you know, for someone listening and it might be like, okay, this is a lot could be overwhelming. But as I talk about, like always take small steps to sort of building up these routines, um, you know, do one thing consistently, and then you can yep. you know, add to it. I did want to dive into the, to the intermittent fasting just a little bit, because, <laughs> you know, I, I do think nutrition has a big deal to do with high performance. What is your, what does your nutrition look like? Like, what do you eat? Yeah. You know, you do intermittent fasting. How do you sort of manage yeah. your diet to, to keep you performing at a high level? Uh, I've been a vegetarian for uh, 22 years now. Um, so plant-based diet, not a vegan, but I've, I've really gotten into 16, eight intermittent fasting and I, I, I don't get so caught up. You know, I've always sort of ate healthy, organic whole foods. Um, pretty sure I get in, you know, proper vitamins and, and nutrients from, from the food itself. So yeah, I, 
I, I try to eat between 12 and eight. I usually have a pretty large meal around 12 because I'm so hungry at that time. And I'm, I'm usually eating like whole oats, blueberries, walnuts, Siggy's yogurt, which is very, very high in protein. I look at my macros. I, I try to, you know, get above 20% of my diet from protein these days, probably a little more fat than, than the, the, the recommended uh, amounts. Um, so it's like 30, 35% from fat, and then try to go under 50% in, in carbohydrates. So yeah, I'm kind of like having brunch, so to speak, <laughs> um, not mimosas and stuff during the week, but, but you know what I mean? I'm, I'm having breakfast and lunch as one meal around noon. And then maybe I'll have, you know, additional eggs or like vegetarian sausage, um, to get some extra protein along with those oats and then, you know, maybe snack a, a little bit and then, yeah, then I'm having dinner in, in the evening, uh, lots of vegetables, you know, maybe a plant-based protein, trying to really steer away from complex carbs. Sometimes if, if I didn't work out, I'll, I'll have a protein shake that could be berries. It could be spinach and avocado with some whey protein powder and I, I try not to eat three hours before bedtime. Um, ideally, doesn't always work out, but no alcohol, um, certainly during the week, um, really trying to eliminate alcohol altogether, really kind of gotten into some of these um, new things, non-alcoholic type of drinks uh, that are popping up. Um, Gia is one. Um, there's some non-alcoholic wines uh, that we've just sort of been experimenting with just to sort of have the experience of it, but alcohol just freaks havoc on my body per my whoop data. So it's just like, mm, let's don't feel good. Yeah. So that's, that's about it. I, I haven't like dove into very scientific stuff on, on the nutrition side, but it's something I'm really curious about and I'm, I'm experimenting more and more mm-hmm. a really cool app that's been helpful is gyroscope, mm-hmm. um, which is like this health operating system that just connects all the the wearables and everything that's happening behind the scenes and gives me really interesting insights. I can take photos of my meals. It links up with like my fitness pal. Even if I don't track the calories, it'll, it, people on the back end are actually doing this x-ray vision of like what's happening with you. If you take a photo of a meal, it'll give you guidance. Hey, you're probably over-indexing too much on carbohydrates or fat, or you're just not getting enough good protein. Um, maybe try some more you know, whole, whole vegetables, um, each day, things like that. So, uh, it also keeps me on track of like my eating window. Hey, you didn't quite stay in your eight hour window of, of eating, um, by taking a photo, um, of when, when I have those meals. So it's, it's just fun. It's, it's, like I said, I've, I've gamified my work and my life and it's all integrated into one. So it's, it feels more harmonized that way. Just again, like a professional athlete would like in their, time off the field or off the court, the way they socialize, right? The way they have to think about their time in front of the media or with friends or with family, or when they go on vacation to, to get ready for peak competition, all, all those things are, are carefully integrated and thought about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've really um, gone about optimizing as much as possible. I do intermittent fasting as well. Usually, you know, break it with some eggs and, and some, some sort of protein, some other protein yeah. source. Um, yeah. And it's great because, you know, I'm not thinking about food for the first yeah. half of the day. And yeah. then when I do eat, 
you know, with, by having very little carbs, I start with very little carbs, but yeah. for me, you know, carbs shuts me down like yeah. very, very heavily. So you got to listen to your body and understand right. what your body needs um, yep. from a food perspective. So that appreciate you sharing that as well. Going back to, you know, this blockade that I ran into, and I know a number of other sales professionals run into is they go hard for so long. Right. But then all of a sudden they hit this wall where they're just unsure about why they're doing what they're doing. Can you talk about how to create meaning in what you sell, how to sort of create purpose in what you sell so that you have this North star to, to go after? Yeah, it happens to all of us. There were many times I just got frustrated and like, what am I doing? Constantly asking myself because I was following those extrinsic motivational things that get dangled in front of us. You know, it, it is endemic in the industry. It's when, you know, it's, it's, it's no shock. Like that hustle culture is so pervasive, particularly in SaaS sales, when you can make a lot of money you can be on president's club. You're fed those things. You're fed the competition, the gamification almost to a detriment in, in pitting one another against each other. Those things can be intoxicating and, and, and they can also be really corrosive. So I, I think things are changing. There, there are obviously companies that are changing the culture and, and doing some really good things. Others are lagging, but for me personally, it, the shift was, I had to start thinking about, there's gotta be more to life than just president's club and being at the top of the, the, the food chain and, and top of the list. Yeah. Those things are nice. Those things are fun, but in the game of life, I, I just started to, again, through reflection and quiet time and writing and like showing gratitude every single day, reading the daily stoic, reading those things whatever it is for you that you're into, whether it's philosophy, whether it's, you know, meditation or exercise or religion, you know, find that thing for you. I think that's really important is you've got to like understand for you as a person, what motivates you and what drives you. But by carving those times out to have quiet time and be with yourself and, and, and be reflective, it really started to show me, Hey, it's, it's not about me. Um, it, it was starting to become more interesting and motivating to see, hey, Delta Airlines now offers conversational experiences through their app that you, you know, before I spoke with this company, you had to call them, right? Or you had to email them. And now you can open up the app and click message. And that is impacting millions and millions of people. It's impacting jobs in, in a good way, right? There's a new career path for contact center agents at Delta. There um, is helping elevate executives, hiring new executives to oversee these conversational experiences and customers who don't have to wait in line or on hold. They can just go about their day and so that kind of stuff really started to motivate me like, whoa, wow, I can see this out in the wild. Like that's more impactful than, you know, a $400,000 commission, which again is, is nice, but it's, it's really, I, I started to gravitate towards sort of those intrinsic motivators and, and then the knock on effect of added jobs and 
really impacting people's lives. Like we as a company could start hiring people to support the account. And, you know, it's announced to the streets that we work with such a large company that allows us to attract new talent. And so then that through this quiet time and writing what I'm grateful for every single day, I could write something like that. And then it just keeps me present instead of this constant cycle of the hamster wheel lack of sleep, you're aggravated, you're just like, ah, oh, I'm I gotta work this account again, or I'm not making any headway. I really want to get into president's club. I really want to be a top leader, but I'm not focusing on those things. Those were just started to become natural outputs when I focus more on the um, you know, these these intrinsic motivators of like, ah, oh, I just want to help people. I want to solve problems. I want to do it in a creative way. I want to like shine. I want to bring my personality to these buying experiences and designing these buying experiences. And you can't do that unless you have the moments of reflection, showing gratitude and, and doing the deep work. Yeah, absolutely. And in order to get there, you need to eliminate distractions. You know, we have all these pings, like you mentioned, Slack, our phone yeah. notifications. We want to wake up in the morning, look at email, look at Instagram, look at LinkedIn, you know, engage with posts. Yeah. But if we can create that space for us to, to have reflection, it was, it was my uh, two episodes. I just made an entire episode about how sitting in silence is probably the most underrated skill out there because, mm-hmm. you know, they say that all of humanity's problems would be gone if man could just sit in a room in silence and, and reflect. So that, that insight is, is very strong. And, and um, I think it's something that everyone should consider breaking into their day. Brandon, this has been absolutely phenomenal. Thank you so much for coming on to winning streaks. Uh, where can people learn more about you and interact with you, engage with you, et cetera. Yeah. Please follow me on LinkedIn. Um, I post at least twice a day during the week and uh, I am heavily engaging with, with folks who, you know, engage with my content and comment and so forth. So it's a great way. I deconstruct all the stuff uh, through those posts. I have a biweekly newsletter as well. And you can follow me on brandonfluharty.com. Um, just, you know, very simple website, insert your email address. And uh, I will be dropping my first ebook, Seven Steps to Seven Figures. Uh, it's really a system of how anybody who is aspiring to enter the, the million dollar earners mark, but do it in a really intentional way uh, without hustling and grinding and sacrificing your health. That's going to be dropping here in a few weeks. And so anybody who's subscribed to that newsletter will, will uh, get access to that. Amazing, Brandon. Before we wrap up, uh, what is one last final piece of advice you would give to my listeners to help them achieve their next big win? Yeah, uh, I think it goes back to what we're saving. It's, uh, you know, carve out the, the time to do the deep work. If you can, I call it the diamond standard. If you can understand the customer's experience better than the customer themselves, you really put yourself in a position to think big, dream big, be curious about, hey, what could the ideal situation be like for this prospect? And then that puts you in a really interesting role where you do find more meaning in what you do. It is important what you do. It is important what what you're sharing and the way you'll go about starting conversations or having conversations with that prospect. So carve out the time to do the deep work um, that allow you to think big, dream big, um, and, 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 and ultimately land that, that next big deal 
because you're bringing hyper value to, to your prospect. Brandon, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you so much again for coming on to Winning Streaks. I really enjoyed today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Awesome.